Welcome to the Asset Management Mastery Podcast. Your hosts, Gary Lipsky and Kyle Mitchell, have more than 50 years of combined experience in operations and management, and more than 25 years of real estate investing experience. This show focuses on educating syndicators and apartment owners on how to build systems and manage their properties more efficiently to become a best-in-class operator. 100% straight talk. Let's jump in. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Asset Management Mastery Podcast. I'm your co-host, Kyle Mitchell, also joined by Gary Lipsky. This segment is focused on educating operators, building better systems, and becoming a best-in-class operator. Also, be sure to check out our Facebook group, Asset Management Mastery. How many times have you thought, there has to be a better way, while working through endless rent rolls and historicals? Enter Red IQ, who will process and standardize them, generate deep and accurate property insights, and bring you through the final underwriting all in just five minutes. As for underwriting, thanks to Red IQ's new Excel add-in called QuickSync, you can continue using your own model and instantaneously populate it with the data from Red IQ with just the click of a button. Request a demo today at RedIQ.com. All right, so today we're going to do something a little bit different. We want to take you behind the scenes to show you how we look at markets, opportunities, and executing a business plan. We hope that this will help you in your journey to become a best-in-class operator. We'll be doing this about every six weeks, and you know we obviously welcome your feedback. So if you like it, let us know. If you don't like it, let us know. We'll change it. So let's jump in. Let's talk about our latest acquisition. This was in Tucson. A uh, market that Kyle turned me onto when we initially partnered up. And so tell the listeners why you like the Tucson market so much. Yeah, you know, typically people think Tucson's a very small market and it is smaller, but in the MSA still has a million people and it's growing rapidly, kind of like the Phoenix market. So we wanted to pair another market with Phoenix, a fast, high growing market like Phoenix, but we wanted to have two markets. And it was very convenient, the fact that it was in Arizona, still only an hour and 45 minutes away. And a lot of the brokers overlap in that section too. But essentially, as investors, we want to increase deal flow. So adding that market really helped with that. But from a fundamentals perspective, Tucson has performed fantastic. I mean, from rent growth, number one in the country over the last several years, population growth, people are moving in droves out of places like California and Oregon into Arizona. But it's not just Phoenix, it's in Tucson as well. And the biggest driving factor for me is always job diversity. And if you look back in 2008, all of Arizona kind of struggled with that a lot. They were heavily relying on construction jobs. Now you're seeing even tech jobs come into Phoenix and into Tucson. And so job diversity is one thing that they've really done well over the last 12 years to position themselves for the go forward. And so I think they've got a ton of room left to grow. And there's also true value add in Tucson versus a lot of Phoenix. Now, that doesn't mean Phoenix doesn't have true value add, but a lot of that inventory has been picked over for the last couple of years, last 10 years. And so it's very hard to find a traditional value add product. In Tucson, there's a little bit more, although there is limited inventory there. We love Tucson. All right, but let's talk about our latest deal. You know, what were some of the key factors in wanting to, to purchase Bella Vista? 
Yeah. So Bella Vista was an interesting one. It was an on-market deal, which is typically one we don't love going after because the price gets driven up pretty quickly. But it did drop out of being on market because of a prepayment issue. And we were able to snap it up with no competition because we decided to pivot a little bit and be open to an assumption of a loan. So the discount that we got with the purchase price of it was fantastic, number one. But also, you and I have a background in operations and management. And that's one of our things that we look for in a new property is, hey, are there operational inefficiencies? I think a lot of people talk about, oh, I want to value add, I want to put five, 10, 15 grand a unit into it, upgrade the interiors, raise the rent 200 bucks, the typical value add play. And we're doing some of that at Bella Vista, but it's not our main kind of business plan at that property. It's really because there was an operational inefficiency. We felt like the owners were very comfortable with the NOI they were getting. They weren't trying to push it. The property management company could be doing better. And they were loading in a lot of Section 8 people, which a lot of people will think that's a red flag. We feel that's an opportunity because they're capping their own rents. Section 8 can only go so high. And so you can only push the rent so high. So these rents were so far under market as is condition. So It's really about getting the right player in there, property manager, and getting the right residents in there as well. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So you're implementing your business plan. What are the key things you're you're focusing on in the first six months? Yeah, first six months is crucial. And as you know, you know, even the the two months prior to close is where our first six months start. And we're talking to the property management company, we're making sure we have outlined in detail what our expectation is on timeline, what our expectation is as far as upgrades, and getting quotes and all those bids. But we're also starting things like changing the name if we're going to rebrand something. So it's really important for us to get out of the gate running. And if you wait until you close, you're going to come out of the gate slowly walking, if that. You have to wait on a lot of things. So we try and get pretty far ahead of it. So we've owned the property at this point a couple months. So we're already four months into our execution of the business plan. But the things that we're trying to do is just make sure the residents know that we've got a new owner. We care about the property. We're going to make it better. We're here to resolve your issues, not make them worse. Clear communication and expectations from that point of view. And then also from our investors' point of view, we're trying to update our investors on everything going on, how we're executing in our first couple months with the business plan, and also trying to get them kind of situated and understand how we communicate and things like that. So it's kind of wrangling everyone together and making sure everything is going according to plan. Yeah, a lot of moving pieces. You mentioned the business plan. Talk about some of the savings that you're trying to implement over the first six months, a year, two years. Yeah, so a lot of the operational inefficiencies for this property really is on the expense side of it, whether it be payroll, because they had too many people with the previous property management company, way too many people on site. I mean, this happens a lot when ownership doesn't pay that close attention. And they say they need something that they really don't. And so that's one of the areas we're saving. Utilities is another one. You can look at this as a utility savings or a increase in income, but really pushing the rubs out there. We are now moving to a a company called Conservice, which is a third party. And typically they can recapture about 90 to 95% of the total utility costs for master meter properties. So that's something that we're looking into. And that was not originally part of the plan. We were just going to increase the rubs. But for a master meter property, you can really push the rubs a lot higher than you can for individually metered. So that's an area where we're going to save for sure. And then just renegotiating our contracts. I think that's a big one too. I think year over year, we renegotiate our contracts and a lot of people just 
roll it over, roll it over and allow that steady four or 5% increase to happen. But renegotiating a lot of the contracts that people are paying a little bit more than uh, the people before were paying a little bit more than we're going to be paying now. And and that's been helpful to be able to reduce expenses immediately. And then the last thing that we're doing is just fixing some deferred maintenance. This is the biggest one, actually, because deferred maintenance hits your day-to-day line items every single day. And as soon as you can get those items fixed, they're going to come off your P&L, and that's going to increase NOI immediately. So really focus on a lot of deferred maintenance immediately. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we talked about some of those savings, and I think we definitely underwrite differently than other people. Explain to the listeners how we implement those savings over time in our pro forma. Yeah, I think when you first take over a property, you want to get everything going very quickly, but you do have to everything takes way longer than it should. Everything takes longer than planned. So we plan things out over the stabilization period, which is anywhere from 12 months to 24 months, depending on the size of the of the property. But you want to make sure you're doing them in, in certain phases and make sure you think about the whole thing through. For example, like we're redoing the lines, the lines for the chiller boiler at Bella Vista. And we're also doing landscaping work. Well, if you did the landscaping work first, you'd have to tear up some of that landscaping work to do the pipes. And so that's where you can kind of put the cart ahead of the horse. And so you've got to plan all these things out. So they take a little bit of time and planning, but essentially it's going to happen over a a 12 to 18 month period and slowly lower those expenses over time. And of course, not everything goes smoothly. So why don't we share with the listeners some of the challenges that we face and, and how to overcome at the property? Yeah, I think two challenges that come to mind are changing the name, which for some reason in Tucson is not easy. And so we've gotten rejected for our name change twice now, and we're going back to the well, and there's no one that has this name. It's not a big deal, but they need certain paperwork. We started this process, I think, two months before we closed because we knew on our last property, this was going to be an issue. But the reason why we're changing the name is because the current name has a little bit of a bad image and has some bad reviews. So we want to rebrand it to get a more positive image and let everyone know, hey, we're changing things here, which is important, not just for the new residents coming in, but for the current residents. And then the other thing was, you have to train your residents when they're making payments. And if you're too soft on collection of payments, then they can take advantage of you. And so one of the challenges that we're facing is that residents have been told it's okay to pay before the end of the month. And so typically, you know, you start late charges after the fifth of the month and then apply late changes. And you want to collect as much as your income, you know, on day one and previous property management was allowing them to pay up until the 28th, 29th, and 30th. So it's retraining those residents, which, you know, it's not a huge challenge, but it is one of those things that will take a couple months to get them used to it. But when you do those types of things, it's really sensitive to allow a little bit of a grace period, let them know you're there to work with them. You don't want massive turnover, but also setting expectations. But then on the other side, setting expectations for yourself. And that's us improving the property and improving things like service calls and getting to items quicker. When they see that, they're going to be a little bit more willing to work with you. Yeah. And we've been seeing great results already so far, which is cool. All right. So lastly, as you know, we ask all of our guests, and since you're a guest today, we're going to ask you, what is your asset management superpower? Gary, you can answer this one for me probably, but I would say my asset management superpower is attention to detail. I'm a very detail-oriented person and I like to catch the smallest stuff. And I think that helps us in in our overall business plan execution. The small things do matter and it's about doing them consistently over time. And so that's kind of where my strength lies. I totally agree. Absolutely. Perfect. <laughs> 
All right. Well, if you do like this episode and this type of format, please let us know. Give us feedback because we'd like to do this every six weeks and update you on things that we're going through from an asset management perspective, right? As we execute our business plan, what are some of our successes, but also some of our challenges so everyone can kind of learn the process of what we go through for asset management side and hopefully can learn things to avoid from your side when you are managing your assets as well. So if you do like this episode, please give us a like, subscribe and review so we can continue continue to grow the podcast and we'll talk to everyone next week. Choosing the right insurance coverage for multifamily properties isn't that complicated if you know who to talk to. At the Garzella Group, we're uniquely qualified to help you navigate the range of policy choices you have and we're committed to saving you 30% in the process. We do intensive market research and have nationwide relationships so we can find coverage other insurance brokers simply can't. We should talk. Go to quotenow.biz and we'll start the conversation. All right. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please go to iTunes and leave a rating and written review to help us grow and reach more listeners. You can also go to the Asset Management Mastery Group on Facebook so you can reach Kyle and Gary and ask your questions that you want them to answer on the show. Subscribe too so you can get the latest episodes. Lastly, to stay updated, go to assetmanagementmastery.com and sign up for the newsletter. If you're interested in partnering with Gary and Kyle, sign up on the contact page so you can talk to them directly. Thanks again for joining us. Be sure to tune in again next week for another episode.